And you go into it as, as a young, you know, young former player and you're like, yeah, the, the greatest thing about coaching is, is winning championships. Um, but I think your perspective changes with time um, and with age and just, you know, from being around certain people. There are these moments, right, that, that are just very fleeting. Um, and, you know, you, you're, you're in that game for 40 minutes and, you know, you, you hoist the trophy, you know, with the team and you take your pictures. Um, and then the next morning you're, you know, it's, you got 365 days to do it all over again. You know, so it's it's just very um, short-lived moments for me um, in terms of championships, and I feel like uh, the relationships last. That piece lasts forever. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the pursuit, a journey in the life of sports. I'm your host, Chris Mangilia, director of men's basketball operations at Princeton University. This podcast is all about exploring the intellectual approach to maximizing your ability. We talk with accomplished professionals in the sports industry and learn what has allowed them to be able to succeed on their journey in the life of sports. The goal here is for listeners to collect as many high performance habits and behaviors as possible, and then be able to adopt and apply them into their own lives and careers. On this episode, Carrie Moore, an assistant women's basketball coach at the University of North Carolina, attributes a lot of her early career success as a coach to her competitive work ethic that she carried over from her days on the court as a player. She shares her perspective on how the importance of communication, not only in coaching, but in life, has grown more and more with each year that passes by. As the conversation progresses, Carrie credits the people in her life time and time again for motivation, model behavior, and lessons learned. Throughout this episode, she is humble but fierce, laid back but detail-oriented, and most importantly, competitive but caring. I am so excited to share this with you all. Our guest today is Carrie Moore, assistant women's basketball coach at the University of North Carolina. Carrie has been in college coaching for 11 years. Prior to beginning her career on the sidelines, Carrie was setting records on the court at Western Michigan University. She set nine school records, four Mid-American Conference records, and tallied 2,216 points during her four-year career. Following her senior season, she was named the 2007 MAC Player of the Year and was the first women's player from the Mid-American Conference to lead the nation in scoring with 25.7 points per game. After graduation, she signed with the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA and also signed a professional contract in Poland. Her start in coaching came as a director of women's basketball operations here at Princeton in 2008. Later, she moved on to Creighton, where she was an assistant coach for five seasons before returning back to Princeton as an assistant coach. In her final two seasons there, the team won back-to-back regular season Ivy League titles and back-to-back Ivy tournament championships. In her first season down in Chapel Hill as an assistant coach and recruiting coordinator, Carrie played an enormous role in engineering a five-member, nationally ranked top 10 recruiting class. I met Carrie back in 2016 when I arrived at Princeton and Carrie had just returned back to be an assistant coach. Our first real interaction was at our alumni golf outing 
where her and I sat down while everyone else was out golfing, and we just talked about hoops, coaching, and life. I left that conversation thinking, wow, she gets it, and, and that's why I'm so excited to catch up with her today. So, Carrie, welcome, and thanks for taking the time for this conversation. Yeah, thanks, Manj. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm very excited and excited that you're doing this and ready to talk. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I really wanted to start with something kind of informal. I really want to talk about this run club that I've been seeing on your Instagram <laughs> story. I just think it's a really cool concept. So I was hoping you would share a little bit about it and, and kind of maybe how it got started. Yeah, um, I'm actually very surprised that I'm in this club because I think if you asked me this time last year, I can't tell you that I was I was running more than probably a half a mile. Um, that was It was not part of my workouts, but um, one of my close friends, uh, who's an assistant women's basketball coach at Kentucky, um, she had two friends, um, and they had an idea of just starting this this group of runners um, and making it just a week uh, a week's worth of challenges. Um, and so it they invited more people that particular week to take part, and it turned into um, eight to ten of us. Uh, and then after that one week of running, it ended up being like, hey, let's do this every week, and somebody come up with a, a challenge for the week, and everybody does the runs and and then we send in our times and, you know, kind of cheer and uh, silent, silently compete against one another to beat each other's times. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been going on probably over two months now. So during most of quarantine, which has been uh, really fun. So I'm in great shape. I, f I feel very good. Um, and <laughs> and uh, definitely coming out of quarantine, um, a better runner. So, so that's good. Is everyone posting it on their IG story? Is that how like everyone's keeping track and stuff like that? Yeah, we all post our times and then like add each other um, and then everyone reposts their times. And, and now it's it's kind of crazy because people are like noticing it. And so like I'll have friends send me their mile times like in a separate like individual chat and be like, hey, I know I'm not as fast as you guys, but, you know, you guys inspired me to run. So um, so it's, it's it's taken off and it's it's been a, a really fun group to be a part of. Nah, that's cool. I, I think I saw that the other day, someone that's like not in your group yeah. just posted their time. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, that's really awesome. Like, you know, you're kind of motivating other people to do it, which is, is, is really cool. How, like, how important is it for you to have that group? Like you said, you weren't running before that. So like this group of people is now motivating you. Like how, how important has that been? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think we all kind of went through it once quarantine started because it was like what you were doing previously for workouts no longer existed because gyms closed and, um, you know, you didn't have weights anymore and things like that. So you, you had to be creative a little bit. And so this was kind of our way of doing that. Um, and these guys, I, I hate to say it, but I'm the oldest one in the group, uh, at 35. Um, most of the group are our former, um, college basketball players. Um, so it's, it's just nice. I think it's our way of, of being getting that kind of competitive juice, um, but still kind of pushing and, and motivating each other at the same time. And it's all women. So, you know, women supporting women is always cool. And it's turned into kind of a social thing too, which has been fun. No, that's awesome. I like that. How, how important has that been kind of in your career? If you can, you know, transition a little bit to be surrounded by people who are, you know, motivating you and lifting you up. Yeah, I think it's it's very important. Um, if I think of, you know, just my 11 years in coaching and just kind of what my circle has looked like, um, you know, I, I think my the two bosses that I've worked for have been very influential, um, you know, flying at, at Creighton um, and then Courtney here at Carolina. Uh, both are people that I feel like I can call whenever I need something um, and that are always there, you know, for answers um, to, to any of questions that I may have. So um, they've, they've kind of paved the way for me um, to kind of get 
and be where I am today. But I think it's not only them, but just, you know, friends and, and other peers in the business um, that have pushed me but and challenged me, but, but also, you know, very much supported me as well. Are you very much along the lines of like what you're saying with that friend that just picked up that wasn't in your group, you know, lynching on it and kind of following what you're doing? Have you come to terms with, you know, 11 years in the business? Now, people are starting to look at you, maybe how you look at Courtney and your boss from Creighton as someone that's influential and kind of lifting them up. Like, have you come to terms with that yet? I don't think I have. It's it's very, it's kind of awkward for me when people, um, you know, approach me in that way. And it, it's happened before. So I, I guess um, it's getting to that point, if not there yet. But um, I, yeah, I'm, cause I, I also would consider myself someone incredibly humble. So it's, it's, it's very tough for me to kind of take those type of like compliments and things like that. But, um, I would say that people in my circle, um, are very real about that. They're like, you know, Carrie, you're, you're people are looking at you, you know, and, and, and they're seeing what you're doing. Um, and, and they very much value what you're doing. So, um, so I think I've, I very much feel that and, um, you know, it, it kind of pushes me to be the best that I can be every day. Yeah, no, that's great. It's like, I've been having a little bit of that, you know, with this podcast, I just started it, your episode two. And I, the amount of people that reached out to me after episode one and said, Oh man, that was really great. It was awesome to hear from you. Like, thanks for inspiring me. I was like, all I do is start a podcast and like talk to another coach. (laughs) And that's like, it's weird for me. Like I kind of think we're relatable and like the humbleness is kind of the way we try to carry ourselves. And it's been, it's been cool to like, you know, it's not something that we work, we got into this business and thought like, Hey, that's what I want to be. I want people to, you know, think I'm inspiring and pat ourselves on the back, but yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting. Has there along those lines, has there been someone that kind of was like an ignition point for you? You know, someone that you were able to relate to in any way uh, that was achieving at like a high level that made you look at yourself and be like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's a great question. And I've, I, as I think about it, I mean, I think it goes back to like my early years of like high school basketball. And I just like idolized my head coach. Um, and I, I went to, I'm, I'm from right outside Detroit, Michigan, went to Detroit country day high school. Um, very, very good girls basketball program. Um, my head coach just actually retired two years ago now. Um, and he, you know, he coached there for over 40 years and won a thousand state championships, but Um, I think he instilled so much in me that I probably didn't even know at the time, but, um, he was just such, he's like this wise, um, Italian man that just, you know, ooze, um, confidence, but, but in, in the most humble way. Um, and he was the most relatable guy, could talk to anybody and everybody, um, and just had, had experienced so much success, but you would never know when talking to him. Um, and everyone loved him, you know, no matter the person, no matter their, their color, their, their, you know, their, their age, um, anything, they, they all loved Coach O. And, and I think he, he very much inspired me to, you know, to get into coaching. Um, and then also, you know, it's not always about what you say, but, but how you make people feel. And so I think he's, he's someone that has really motivated me and pushed me to um, treat people the way that I do. And uh, because I think it's not always about, you know, your accomplishments, but I think people will remember me as someone that, you know, they really enjoyed being around and made them feel good. Let's talk about Carrie Moore, the student athlete, since you brought it up, you went back to your high school days. So like what character traits allowed you to be, you know, such a high achieving player? Um, I was uber competitive. Uh, I think I kind of always had that chip on my shoulder that, 
you know, I went to Western Michigan, so, you know, mid-major level, I think I always had that mid-major mentality um, that was, you know, I wanted to play in the Big Ten growing up, um, and that, you know, didn't happen. So I think every time I touched the floor, it was, you know, I'm going to work harder than you, I'm going to compete harder than you. Um, and I think that that really pushed me daily. So, and it wasn't just a game thing. It was a practice thing and it was a preparation thing. Um, I was the first one in the gym and the last one to leave every day. You know, I worked harder probably than most people. Um, and I didn't really know what other people were doing, but I knew what I was doing was, was enough. So, um, yeah, I, on and off the floor. I mean, I think I just, I had that type of work ethic to where, um, I just wanted to be the best at what I do. Where do you think you got that from uber competitive? Is there a person like, is it family? Is it friends? Were you surrounded by someone or you just think that you were born like that? Um, I mean, it's, it's gotta be from Carol and Ken, my parents, but, but also I, I actually, um, attribute a lot to my older brother. Um, he's, it's just the, the four of us. So, um, he's my only sibling. He's three years older than me. Um, and I think I just learned a lot from him. Um, and you know, his mistakes, but also, you know, his successes and, you know, and it wasn't just basketball. It was, it was what he did, you know, off the floor. He kind of recreated his entire life moving down to Miami, um, going, you know, paving his way, paying for grad school. Um, now he's a big time international sales guy um, and has now started his own family. But um, to me, he just is the definition of success and definition of, of someone that works incredibly hard. Um, and so, yeah, I just always wanted to be like him, honestly, and, uh, <laughs> and, and make our parents proud. So. How, how do you think uber competitive, you know, carry more as a student athlete translated to carry more as a coach? Um, I think I have that same competitiveness. I, I, I want to be really good at coaching. Um, and I want, I want our teams to be competitive, but I also want to, I want to help our players, our student athletes, um, be as good as they can be and, and reach, you know, their maximum potential on and off the floor. Um, I, I it's something I valued, as a student athlete. So, you know, I, hopefully we're coaching players that, you know, have that in them, but if not, I want to instill that, you know, help, help them, you know, see the importance in succeeding on and off the floor. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, coaching is, is like the next best thing to playing. So I, I think it, you know, was a natural kind of transition into it. Um, but, you know, definitely playing and competing at a high level has helped me, you know, coach at a very high level as well. What specifically do you think, you know, carry more as a player translated into a coach? Like, was there a habit that you did? Was there something that you developed as a player that you're like, okay, this is a seamless transition into coaching. I'll just, you know, do this and, and that'll make up for it. Um, I, I think just being one thing is, is for sure just being in the gym. Um, you know, as a player, that was kind of my happy place. And I felt like, you know, throughout 11 years of coaching, that's still my happy place. And so I love, you know, player development and I love getting in the gym and, and, you know, working on things before and after practice um, or late at night or early in the morning with players, um, you know, whatever they want to want to work on or things that I feel like, you know, they can get better at. Um, I love that time, that kind of one-on-one. Um, so if a, a, if a player texts me and says, hey, coach, can we get in the gym at this? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Any, you know, whenever you want. So um, I definitely think that. Um, and just, you know, loving the game. I mean, I think knowing the game, um, you know, you, you kind of have to – to know all positions on the floor. Um, and it's kind of, I think that's translated as a coach and in, in terms of um, really just wanting to learn the game and the X's and O's part of it um, and asking the right questions uh, and just, you know, continuing to get better there. One of the things like that getting into coaching, you realize is that there's so many different directions that you get pulled. 
as a player, you know, you show up and you play and you practice and then you go hang out with your friends as a coach, especially for you as a recruiting coordinator, like what you just said, a text, uh, a text from a player, you know, says, can we get some work in? And you go do that. And the text from a recruit says, Hey, I want to talk to you on the phone. Like, then you got to pick up that call. You know, yeah. Courtney calls you and says, I need this game plan for, you know, North Carolina state. How are you optimizing your output with all of those different directions that you get pulled? Um, I just don't sleep a lot and <laughs> <laughs> many trips, many trips to Starbucks. Um, but no, I, I, it's, it's what I love to do. So I don't really necessarily consider it work if that makes sense. Um, so it doesn't feel like work. Um, and so I, I try, I'm very much a planner. So I try, I try to make sure, um, my, my days are organized, my weeks are organized. Um, but that I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm prioritizing things too. So, um, so that I'm, I'm doing the important stuff, but also taking time for myself too, and, and work-life balance and the run group, you know, things like that, that stuff is important to me because I feel like, you know, if, if I'm not, you know, if, if I'm not on full, um, then there's, there's no way that I can be, you know, good for these guys here at Carolina. So, um, so it's, 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 it's hard. I'm not going to lie, especially during the season and quarantine was, was great in a way because, you know, you're able to kind of make your, your own schedule a little bit. Um, and in between zoom calls and things like that, you know, I could go for walks or sit on the couch if need be, or, you know, um, just sleep an extra hour because I didn't have to be, you know, in the office, you know, by nine o'clock. So, um, but I, th I think you just, it's just a lifestyle that I'm used to. And I like busy, being busy is good. Um, and yeah, I just have committed to knowing that I'm going to be on the phone from about five to nine o'clock at night with 16 year olds. So <laughs> that's a lifestyle. That's yeah. it. Right there. How are you, how are you prioritizing? Like what, how does it make it to the top of your list? That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think this, this circle, this North Carolina bubble um, is very much at the top of that list. Um, so whether it's our staff, uh, you know, our, our, our group chat is, is constantly going. Um, recruiting is, has definitely been, you know, a top priority, especially this past year um, with our 2020 class and then our 2021 class. Um, and then I know our 2022 class starting in September um, will be a top priority as well. So um, I would say, yeah, just our team in particular. So Carolina team staff, um, and then future team staff with recruiting are the two big things. Um, and then, you know, family, faith, and then, you know, probably my workouts and, and food, I guess, is somewhere, somewhere around <laughs> there. Find some time to eat somewhere <laughs> yeah. in between there. It's so interesting because like before I got into coaching, I didn't understand, um, that what you just explained kind of that tiered approach or bubble as you as you mentioned like mm -hmm. when i was trying to get into coaching i would send emails to to people and be like hey i want to be a college coach like help me you know yeah. something as as simple as that and i never understood like there's a bubble and a, a a trend like not a transition but a tiered approach to who gets your time when you're at this mm -hmm. level and that's kind of like it, it's interesting to hear you say that way kind mm -hmm. of staff players potential players and then you slipped food in there at the yeah. end yeah <laughs> for sure um yeah it's it's tough but because these days fly too I don't know if you feel that way but I mean gosh I'm waking up you know I'm not and I'm not a morning person so that doesn't help anything because if I my alarm goes off at, at six I probably don't even get out of bed till six forty-five, um and I try to get my workouts in before I get to the office um so yeah. And then next, next thing you know, you blink and it's eight o'clock at night. So for sure. You mentioned quarantine and like maybe the 
laid back approach to how your day looked. Do you think that helped you reprioritize some things, you know, having the, the jam the brakes on in March to kind of what our lives were like in terms of basketball? Do you think, how did that help you prioritize, reprioritize? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. I think it was a great change up. Um, you know, I think after a year of being here at Carolina, um, it was a crazy year. I don't, I'm, I, I mean, I, I hope people can experience, you know, working at this level. Um, but taking over a program is an extremely tough task. Um, so I think by the time, you know, Corona became like a, a really legit thing and quarantine started, I think I was probably close to like empty, um, honestly. And so I think quarantine was like, actually, you know, a blessing in disguise for me. And it was, it allowed me to just kind of slow down. Um, getting eight hours of sleep helped a ton uh, for me personally. Um, but I also think it just, it allowed me to, you know, have time for, for basketball and recruiting, but also, um, you know, I, I think I connected more with family and friends than I probably have in a very long time. Um, Zooms made it, you know, very easy for me to, we did a family Zoom probably like every weekend to start quarantine. Um, my mom, my aunt, and my cousin started a kind of a, you know, a women's circle Zoom every Thursday evening. And that's been going on for almost four months now. And we do it every Thursday night. Um, and it's something that I look forward to, you know, every Thursday. Um, I probably, like I'm saying, I'm, I, I talk to my family more now than I, I did, you know, pre-COVID. So, um, and a lot of friends, uh, you know, I made time for you know, a new friend every week. That was part of my, my weekly goals. Um, and did, you know, just a zoom connect or a FaceTime connect and just caught up and, you know, just talked about, you know, life and kind of where you were. So I think that became more of a priority for me and just reconnecting with, you know, my, the outside bubble, I guess, if you will, um, outside of Carolina, because for so much, for, for so much of that year, um, Carolina was my bubble. So it was good in that sense. When you say weekly goals, is that something that you adopted during quarantine or are you a weekly goals person? Is that like your thing all the time? No, I think it was a quarantine thing because life was just so different. Um, and so again, I just kind of had to reevaluate, you know, I tried to get a certain amount of steps in every day. I tried to close all my rings on my Apple watch. Um, I tried to make sure, you know, that I was talking to a different family member and a different friend every week. Um, and then, you know, you kind of reevaluate some, you have some work goals too. So it's how many recruits can you talk to in this week and things like that. So, um, and then I, I, I very much prioritized, um, kind of my professional development. Um, cause there were so many zooms going on with coaches and, um, we started a group. Uh, so I, I had my run group and then I had my X's and O's group as well. So it was again, another small group of women, all coaches, um, all kind of similar ages. Um, and we met every Monday, we called it club rise. And, um, it was just kind of our way of connecting every Monday, for an hour and a half about different things. Um, cause we wanted to, you know, use that time to get better. So I'm getting fired up just hearing you. Like <laughs> did anyone have a better quarantine than Carrie Moore? I don't like... know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, just want to pivot real quick. Um, this is a little segment we're doing called quick hitters where we just, you know, three talking points and hopefully the people that listen can, can take some of these things that you share with us right here and kind of investigate them a little bit more in their own personal lives. So, the first one is what are the three books that you're most likely to recommend to somebody else to read and, and why? Okay. First of all, I want to say that I, I need to be better with my reading. Um, that was also a part of my quarantine 
uh, weekly, <laughs> weekly right. goals. Right. But one book that I did read during quarantine um, was called uh, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And um, it is, is an absolute hit. It covers, you know, relationships, uh, faith, religion, um, just anything and everything you could possibly think of. And she's just such an incredible human um, and has really owned kind of who she is and, and who she's grown into. And um, it's just a lot of great um, great chapters in that book. So highly recommend that one. Um, I would also throw in the four, four agreements. Um, I think the author is, what do I have down? It's Don Miguel Ruiz, but, um, it's just, I think I've read it probably three times. Um, it's just, it brings me kind of back, uh, you know, to where, to how to think about things. Um, and just a great way to kind of live your life, uh, thinking about those four agreements. Um, and then my last one would be the year of of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Um, I was a big uh, TBT fan. Um, and Shonda, this, with this book, it's just all about kind of leaning in um, and really just instead of saying no so much in life, um, you know, really giving in to saying the word yes and, and what that can do for you. Um, Did you read that when you were here at Princeton? I think so. It, I feel like it I remember. About right. I feel like I remember talking to you about that. Yeah, it's a great book and it's such an easy read. Um, it's probably like 150 pages. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's awesome. No, oh, that's cool. Uh, second one, most interesting person that you follow on Twitter or Instagram doesn't have to be basketball related, <laughs> professional development, most interesting person. All right. Um, this was, a, this is actually kind of hard for me, but I, I honestly, the first person that I thought of, and so I'm going to go with it. Um, her name is Shimmy Gray Miller. Um, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's an assistant coach, um, at Clemson. Um, and she's been in the business for a while. She's definitely someone I would say that, you know, that I look up to and, and definitely notice like we were talking about earlier. Um, but she just does everything right. All things right on social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, now TikTok, you name it. Um, she is just, she's a great combination of like funny, inspiring, like motivating, puts her team on there, but also puts her, you know, her individual self. Um, and she's just goofy and owns it. And yeah, it's very entertaining. So I only hope that I can be um, as great as she is on Twitter. <laughs> you, threw a, you threw a rival into the most I know, I know. Yeah. She's from Michigan though. She's a Flint, Flint, Michigan. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, that you know how sense. I am about <laughs> my Michigan people. Protect the hometown. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last one is most meaningful speech that you've ever heard. Okay. So I originally thought of, of Shonda again because of the Dartmouth commencement speech that she did. That was basically the reason for the year of yes. Um, but if I want to change it up, I will, I will actually go, and you may have introduced me to this, which is very ironic, but, um, the make your bed, uh, speech, um, we're by two the for US two Navy. here, Carrie, we're yeah. two for two because <laughs> Tim was on last episode and he Did said, you say that speech. too. I didn't set him up for it Oh, set yeah. you up for this one, I guess, but <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. I promise. But I, that speech has like stuck with me forever. Like if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. And I literally think about that every single day. And when I'm like rushing out of the house and I like, don't do my, like, I hate to admit it, but if I don't make my bed, I f like, I feel guilty as I'm driving <laughs> to work <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a rough one today. Cause my bed's not made. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so true. I mean, it's so it's funny. It's a good one though. It's a that. great speech. I probably shared that with everyone at Princeton. At one I point. think you did. You definitely shared it to me. So <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. All right. Quick hitters. That was a successful one. I like that. That's good. Nice. Um, I guess transitioning back kind of into Carrie Moore as a, as a coach, 
what character trait has been most pivotal for your success? Um, I would say probably communication. Um, I, I think, and just like clear communication. I think I've, I've, I've learned to do it better over time. Um, and I very much value that in the people that I work for and work with. Um, and I think it allows for relationships, you know, to really take off, um, and to be meaningful. And so, um, and I think it's a, it's a great trait to have as a coach too, to be able to communicate and teach. Um, that's very important, right? Like I didn't go to school for, for coaching. I didn't go to school for teaching. So, um, I think it's something that I've developed over time and have learned how to, you know, communicate with, with, with our players. Um, and so I, I very much value that and think it's important. You said over time you learned that communication was important. Like what lessons, like did some, a breakdown of communication happen where you're like, Oh man, like I should have done this or how, what, how did you learn communication was important? Um, I, I think just because you get in, or at least I did, I got into this business, you know, pretty young, like fresh out of college. And so I don't think necessarily, um, I was a great communicator at that point. You know, I, I really, a lot of my younger life, um, you know, dealing was with dealing with my parents. Uh, and if there were things I wanted to talk about, I talked about, and if there were things I didn't want to talk about, you know, is that stubborn kind of Taurus that I am in me, I just didn't talk about them. And so, um, so I think when you are forced into a workplace and you start working with and for other people, um, you start to see a little bit what that looks like. And then you have student athletes coming to you for things and they want you to explain certain things on the floor and also explain certain things off the floor. Um, you know, I think you begin to kind of learn what that looks like. Um, and then you, as you do it well, then you, you kind of see, um, you know, what, what your athletes are, are taking from you. Um, and then, you know, here at Carolina, I think I'm, I've been blessed to, you know, be around, you know, other coaches that, you know, that are moms and dads. And so you see how they communicate, you know, with our players and you see how they communicate with their families and things like that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've learned a lot in the last 11 years. And, and so I think that's, that's one thing is again, you know, it's not, you know, what you say to people, but, but how you say it. What does good communication look like? Honesty uh, <laughs> um, and clarity, you know, I think are two big things. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want friends nor coworkers to, to, or players really to, to tell me what I want to hear. I, I want them, you know, to tell me, you know, what I need to hear. And I want to be, I want to be that coach. You know, I want to be that friend, you know, I want to be that partner. So, um, so I think that's, that's very important. The one thing that is like struck a chord with me was when you said, you know, you communicate with your parents and if you wanted to tell them something you did. And if you didn't, you didn't talk about it. Like that was one of the big things for me getting into this business was learning how to communicate about things that I do not want to talk about. Right. Yeah. Or that someone else <laughs> does not want to talk about. So like, how do you get the confidence to attack those conversations that you don't want to bring up or that you're going to bring up to someone that you know, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. I think it's with practice, right? I, Cause I'm, I'm, I'm again, that happy, humble person. So I don't think I do confrontation very well. Um, and so, you know, the hard conversations I probably don't do as well. Um, and so I think it's just over time I've gotten better at it. Um, the more I'm in this business, you know, the more, um, the more I'm willing and able to have those conversations, um, be, because I've had them now, uh, a lot. Um, and so, and also just, you know, seeing, you know, seeing Courtney have those type of conversations and, and being in those, those offices, having those, those conversations and, and having those with her and having those with other people that I work with. Um, 
And so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's very much, you know, you kind of are a product of, of who you're surrounded by. Um, and so I've learned a ton by, you know, who I've worked with. This whole conversation for me, I'm interpreting from you is people, people, people like that's all I keep hearing. Right. That's mm-hmm. how I'm translating this conversation. So like, how do you surround yourself with those people? Are you selective in that process? Obviously like North Carolina, what a great place to be and, and coach, but how selective have you been in the process of getting to where you are in the people that you surround yourself with? Yeah, I think it's very important. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at other people's 11 year track, it might include three or four places. And mine was, you know, two places. And I worked at one of the places twice. Um, cause I, I do think that's important. I mean, work life balance, I think is, is, will help you, um, you know, will help the longevity of, of, of your career as a, as a women's basketball coach. Um, and so I think working for the right person and working with the right people, um, you know, really add to that experience. Um, and so I took, a, I, I, I did not know anyone at Creighton kind of, you know, jumped, jumped out on a limb there, um, but got incredibly lucky. Um, you know, my boss there was, was great. And the people that I worked for were great. Um, our teams were amazing. Um, and it was just an incredible culture. And so then, you know, you go back to Princeton and it's the exact same way. Um, so you're just happy, you know, like you're, you're very much comfortable and happy, you know, in, in what you're doing and and who you're doing it with. Um, and so that adds to the experience for me. And so I, and I can't say, you know, anything less than that, um, about, you know, the people that I work with here at Carolina. No, that's, that's really great to hear. And it's just, it's so interesting to me to hear the word lucky because people use that all the time. Like, Oh, you know, you got so lucky to get the job at Princeton or you got so lucky to be at Carolina. How do you react to the word lucky when people say that? Um, I mean, I would say it's, it's a combination of things, right. Of, of timing and, you know, preparation, um, and, and just kind of, you know, a reward of, of all the hard work that you've put in. Um, I don't think I've, I've gotten here overnight and I don't think I've, I've gotten here with, without working extremely hard. Um, and I think I've attached myself, you know, to, to the right boss. Um, but she very much, you know, just because I worked for her at Princeton doesn't mean she had to bring me here. Um, so I think it's not necessarily luck. It's the fact that, you know, I've developed trust with her and, and worked my butt off at Princeton for her. And so she knew that I was going to have that same approach here, if, if not more, um, and that I wanted to be a part of something, you know, very special here. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if luck is, is the right term. Um, definitely a blessing though, for sure. If 11 years in the business, as we mentioned earlier, what are you the most proud of in your career so far? Oh, that's tough. Um, I would probably say, um, I mean, it's easy to say the championships, right? Like, you know, I feel like when I left Creighton, I left it better than, than what it was when I got there. And then again, when we left Princeton, you know, a year ago, I felt like, you know, it was back right at the top, you know, probably better than it ever had been. Um, but I think, probably the thing I'm most proud of is, is just the relationships that I've built, you know, the, the random text messages that I get from former players, um, you know, that are just checking in or, you know, they they're going through something, um, that they just wanted to share. Uh, you know, I think it just really attests to the time that, 
you know, I put in to really get to know them, you know, not just as players, but as people. Um, so I think the relationship piece will always probably be the most important thing for me throughout all this. It's almost like I led you down the street to ask you the counter question because you just set me up so perfectly for it. <laughs> you started to say a championship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you think you would have answered that question differently 10 years ago? Do you think you would have said championship? For sure. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't probably the relationship piece, um, wouldn't be as strong as it is now, you know, 11 years in, but, um, yeah. And you go into it as, as a young, you know, young former player and you're like, yeah, the, the greatest thing about coaching is, is winning championships. Um, but I think your perspective changes with time, um, and with age and just, you know, from being around certain people. Why do you think it, why do you think it changed for you? Why do you think 10 years ago you would have said championships and tournament appearances? And now you're saying random text messages from former players. Why do you yeah. think it changed? Um, cause I think those are so, um, they're these moments, right. That, that are just very fleeting. Um, and you know, you, you're, you're in that game for 40 minutes and you know, you can, you ho hoist a trophy, you know, with the team and you take your pictures, um, and then the next morning you're, you know, it's, you got 365 days to do it all over again, you know? So it's, it's just very, um, short lived moments for me, um, in terms of championships. And I feel like, uh, the relationships last that piece lasts forever. And, and I know championships last forever, like, you know, banners, you know, that, that type of thing. But, um, but those, the relationship pieces is, is very important, um, and I think you'll, you remember that, you know, over time a little bit more than the championships. This is the last one I have for you. Okay. And answer this however you want. Uh, fill in the blank with the first word that comes to mind. I am where I am today in my career because of. Mm, you said first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> well, however you want to answer it. This is, you're the guest. You can do whatever you want with it. Because... I have worked extremely hard um, at what I do and um, I've had a whole lot of fun doing it. So Carrie Moore is where she is today because of hard work. Correct. And I mean, persistence is key, man. Just continue to, to keep at it. You know, I think I, I can't say that I thought I would be here 10 years ago working at the University of North Carolina, um, but life takes you has a weird way of just kind of taking you on, on certain rides that you're, that are, you're really not expecting. So, um, yeah, so just lean into it. The universe rewards hard work. That's the message. It has to, right? I mean, I think so. I think so too. You get in what you, you know, you get out of it, what you put into it, I guess is what they say. Awesome. Well, Carrie, that's all I got for you today. Um, thanks so much for joining me. It's been great to catch up. I think like, one of the, the things that I've learned over the years is like, I met you in 2016. Like I said, two months into the job, we had this great conversation and I was like, wow, like she gets it. And then when you get into this, you know, rat race that we're in and coaching, like how many of those conversations were we allowed to have again? You know, um, we just, we just get into practice and recruiting visits and, you know, Oh wait, I have some time off. Let me go talk to my family. Like, that's been the reward of quarantine is kind of figuring out like and kind of in line with what you said this whole episode is like lean into the people um so i'm, I'm so glad we got to catch up we got to make sure maybe i got to get into one of your groups see there's an x's and o group there's a, a running group Yo, bunch. we got, we got to figure <laughs> i'll send you out. the runs for next week see, i don't know if i can do that yet yeah i might have to work <laughs> into that one 
I'm about to start. Well, you, you definitely could could be a good addition to the X's and O's group. I know you know your stuff, so. All right. Well, Carrie, thanks for joining me, and uh, best of luck with uh, the season next year in Carolina. Thanks, Mons. Appreciate it. You guys too. Go Tigers. Go Heels. <laughs>